Hello and welcome to this special Halloween edition of Checkpoint Radio. It's episode 17. My name is James and I'm with Ben and Connor. And in today's show, we're embracing spooky season and talking all things horror gaming. We'll be talking a little bit about why horror games are so effective at delivering scares, as well as looking at our favourite monsters and villains from the genre. Before that, lads, happy Halloween. Uh, not really a big deal over here in the UK, is it, compared to other countries? How have you been jo- enjoying the the Halloween season so far? Yeah, you're right. Like, apart from maybe pumpkins and trick-or-treating, that's really it for Halloween. You went trick-or-treating, did you? Well, I did when I was a kid. I will be going <laughs> this year. But um, my family, well, me, my partner and my daughter, we went pumpkin picking yesterday, grabbed oh, some nice. goodies. Uh, Rachel made pumpkin soup and it was actually, not doubting her, and I wasn't like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't like I wasn't expecting something amazing, but she but made pumpkin surprised. soup and it was fucking delicious. I, I can believe it. Like, so Did you go like I, checking the bins looking for packets? Yeah. Some MSG in here. But it was really nice. So um, yeah, and just nice to be out with the family. So it felt good. felt nice. Mm. So, um, oh, but yeah, other than that, just playing the occasional games, still getting through the backlog, completed Tomb Raider today. So that was fun. Oh, so which, which one? The first, is this the, the reboot? First, yeah. yeah, the first of the reboot. Okay, um, nice. So the quite first, a good game. Yeah, I was sort of more, I was surprised because the first time I played the game years mm. ago, mm. I... I think I got past maybe the first area and then dropped it because I wasn't a fan at all. Yeah. Um, but recently went back to it and uh, finished it off today and, yeah, was actually impressed, especially when you consider that game's like 10 years old now. It's mm. mental how much time that's flies. That's what the um, you know the, the movie, I think we mentioned this in the other episode or previous episode, but that's what the new movie is based off is that story. Oh, interesting. The, um, the, the reboot. And it's, it's quite good up to the point, obviously, with Lara's dad that they drastically change. Mm. Mm. So we talked about that before. But yeah. Yeah, good but, game though. Really good. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And then I also completed Bioshock 1, the remaster. That cool. was also great. I'd never played yeah. that before. I had played maybe like the first hour, but such a legendary game that I thought, oh, that's got to be on the list, so... Mm. Got that one gonna, done too. Are you going to go on to the other two? Or? Yeah, I'll do two. I've played and completed Infinite again. Well, sorry, I've played and completed Infinite in the past, but it's such a good game. There's no way I'm not going back to play that. Mm. Worth another playthrough. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll do two. Never played two ever before. So I'll do two, then Infinite. But yeah. Oh, awesome, dude. Uh, what yeah. about you, Connor? You've been, you been out scaring kids on the block? No, uh, <laughs> I'm, I get sick of... Halloween because it's naff over here. You look at like Salem, Massachusetts, and in mm. the states, and like the whole town They're turns mad Halloween for it in America. Yeah, you know, I was reading the other day. Actually, apparently, South Korea is another country that are real big on Halloween. Oh, Super wow. random, but is it yeah. is it Cork in Ireland that they go mad for it as well? Yeah, there's there's, one... um, there's a town a town in Ireland somewhere. I can't remember where it is actually, but I, I watched like a little video of um of people that like visited it to 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 experience like the Halloween um weekend there and it was mm. it was nuts like the whole town is decorated like everyone dresses up and goes out and um they've got parades on and stuff and like they really get into it like what you'd see kind of in america so yeah it's probably the closest thing to us at the moment because i think for the rest of the uk we're just like i think why the yeah, fuck do we care about this it's fireworks night trick-or-treating on the day and mm. i don't know the poor 
decoration around your home other than that it's just bring on christmas as soon as halloween's day i even noticed it because obviously i work in retail and like we sell like decorations and stuff and halloween just gets pushed to the side before it's even october and christmas comes in you're like whereas in the states they're mad for it and i am kind of jealous of that a little bit because i think Mm. halloween's like it's fun isn't it yeah it's and then it just never is when when you kind of like when it, it's so typical of the UK, because if you get invited to like a Halloween party, for example, it's like, yeah, everyone's going to be dressing up. And it's like, are they, are they no. though? Am I going to be the only one who dresses up? Because no one really gives a shit about Halloween. Yeah. So there's that kind of attitude in the UK where I feel like it's pretty sort of split. Some people really <clears> love it. <throat> and there's just not enough like kind of, I don't know, interest in it more mm. wider than your, yourself or your little circle for it to be a relevant holiday in this country. Yeah. I suppose people tend to love it because of what they've seen on like American shows and stuff. So if you've not watched many of those shows, probably I fit into that bracket Mm. that then Halloween Mm. to me, like I I love it, but I don't, I'm definitely don't go all out for it. So yeah, it's strange because for some reason, like Halloween to me is like quite nostalgic, but I don't know why, because I don't really remember celebrating Halloween too much when I was a kid. Not that you can really mm. celebrate it, but I don't really remember going trick-or-treating too often. I don't really remember going to many sort of fancy dress parties as a kid growing up. Yeah. I, don't, I barely remember the house being decorated. Like my dad's the sort of person who he won't even put the tree up on, well, he put the tree up on Christmas Day and take it down on Boxing Day sort of thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't know. It just feels really nostalgic. I think a lot of it's to do with like these iconic movies from the 90s. And maybe even before that, like Halloween, for example, and and Scream, like Scream's a great film. And just films that just remind me of my childhood. And I think that's all kind of linked somehow. And I don't know what it is, but yeah, some reason there's some extreme sense of nostalgia with around Halloween, but I'm not really quite sure why. Interesting. There's a memory in there to be unlocked, isn't there? Yeah, maybe. Maybe there is. I have a feeling for it. Like I really like Halloween. And again, I don't know if it's the movies we grew up with. Like mm. even like Hocus Pocus and yeah, uh, uh, like the film Halloween. Monst- is it Halloween Town? It's another one. Halloween Town, uh, Monster craft. House, and the Craft, and like so yeah. And then obviously because we've been brought up and most of our TV experience, especially in England in like the nineties, was all American. Like mm. British TV yeah. was naff in the nineties, <laughs> so it, all the shows you were consuming were American, and they love Halloween, and then. Yeah. Probably rubs well, off some some in some way, doesn't it? And then over here, like five days later, you've got uh, Guy Fawkes Night, so it sort of gets pushed to the wayside. And people have bonfires and fireworks, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wish it was a bigger thing. I like Halloween. Well, maybe think- maybe we need to take a trip to that um that little town in in Ireland. I can't remember what's called. Yeah. Need to look that up to, mm. to experience Halloween on like a big scale in in the UK. That'd be but, cool. Yeah. Well, keeping with the theme of Halloween, um, I've actually got a little. Tale of the Unknown to share with you guys yeah, because you I thought this. I thought as it's as it's you know the season um, I'm not ready to, to, you know what it's honestly it's not even like scary or, or anything and like full disclosure I, I I do not believe in ghosts or anything like that <laughs> if someone comes up to me and starts talking to me about ghosts and shit I'm just like shut up I don't care you're, you're waffling like I don't give a shit like whatever <laughs> but um yeah so when I was like I don't know, maybe about six or seven or eight years old when I was when I was like a just a wee lad. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, right? And I mm-hmm. I swear to you, this like happened, but it well, at least it felt as real as 
as data, as real as anything. But then when I look back on it now, it's like, I kind of question myself. I'm questioning like, did I dream that? Was I watching yeah. a movie or something the day before that kind of influenced my mind in, uh, uh, in some way? And obviously when you're a kid, like it's, it's hard to kind of make sense of things that you don't really understand, you know? So what did you actually see? So when I was a kid, uh, I was in bed one night and my bedroom was like at the front of the house. So the window was kind of on our driveway and then there was a street, but the driveway wasn't that big. So the street was only sort of like a few meters away. Is this the same house that your parents are in now? No, this is the previous house. Ah, so before that house. So you guys okay. actually would have never have been to that house because yeah. it was years and years ago we lived there. But um, I remember waking up in the middle of the night one night and I could just hear someone or something just mm. asking for help no. like legit I, I, like I'm not even joking I could hear someone just saying help me help me help me over and over and over help me help me help me and I was like what the fuck is that and because my window was at the front of the street I always kind of thought that it was someone outside who had maybe, I don't know, maybe it was like a neighbour, like an elderly person, maybe there'd been an accident or something. Maybe they'd done something and they, needed, they genuinely needed help with something. They couldn't yeah. call 999 or something had gone on. But I, I swear to you, I could hear this. Like, I'm not... It's not like, you know, sometimes when you have a dream, it feels real, but you know it's a dream. Mm. Yeah. With this, it felt so real and I, it scared the crap out of me because I had no idea where it was coming from like I assumed it was coming from outside because there's obviously nothing's going to be in my bedroom like we lived in a bungalow my bedroom was ground floor front of the house what would be in my room obviously nothing so I just assumed it was outside from from out (laughs) I just assumed it came from outside and then I remember um kind of not really saying anything about this and and like but a, a while later bringing it up to my parents and just saying did someone come to the house the other night? Like, did someone come to the house like a few weeks ago, like in the middle of the night? And they're like, no, like didn't hear anything because obviously their bedroom would have been at, towards the front of the house as well, bungalow. Mm. So they would have heard something more than likely if there was something outside because their bedroom was kind of like, if like the, the front door is in the middle, my yeah. bedroom was one side, theirs was the other side. Yeah. So it's still yeah, yeah. kind of facing the front of the uh, the house, facing the street. And I asked them, did someone come to the house the other night? And they were like, no, like what happened and I explained to them what happened and they just went you must have been dreaming but like it's one of those things where when I think back to it now like I would never kind of tell myself that that was a dream I am convinced I heard those voices like absolutely convinced I heard those voices but my parents didn't hear anything but that obviously doesn't prove anything they nothing might have happened they were asleep whatever but yeah, this this kind of moment has sort of stuck with me for for years and years. And I think about it randomly at times, and I still don't really know what it was. And I'm not about to sit here and say it was a ghost because I don't really believe in that. But it's just one of those things that I don't have an explanation for it. But there probably is a reasonable explanation for it somewhere out there. There was no sort of like, oh yeah, did you hear about um, Alfie the other night was roaming the streets making a load of noise? Like none of that down the street, nothing. Whole street was silent. No one heard of anything, anyone being out late at night. So I just don't know what it was. And it kind of freaks me out a little bit to this day. Mm. Not quite sure what went on there. So that's my one encounter with something that I can't explain. So is that your only like real encounter, like you say, of something that makes you question? Yeah, but it's weird though, because 
I've been watching a series called Encounters on Netflix, which is about people that have supposedly had encounters with like UFOs and like had UFO sightings. Oh yeah, I watched a bit of that. Yeah, it's actually not too bad to be fair, yeah, but there's yeah. this whole kind of theme in the show where it's like, can you trust what you saw really? And like, what's the perception that people have when you tell them these, these things? Like other people won't believe you. Do you believe what you saw? Can you yeah. kind of, you know, back yourself to kind of be like, yeah, I, I don't know what, like, I genuinely don't know what it was. I don't know what this thing was that I experienced, but I don't know. It's kind it's of spooky. I wouldn't say it's haunted me, but it's sort of bothered me a little bit mm. all yeah. this time because I just don't know what it is. There's probably an explanation for it, but until someone says to you, this is what happened, yeah, you can say to yourself, oh, yeah, it must have just been a neighbour. Must have just been a neighbour. Or you're never going to know. That's but you're the, never really going to tr- know. Yeah. Spooky. So, yeah. Have you got any, Connor? I've got two. Um, so it's it just uh, so I moved into this house in the late nineties, and like my stairs are quite narrow. Well, I'm time for ghost activity. That was yeah, <laughs> was for the internet. <laughs> Weird that <laughs> uh, at the top of my stairs, and it's not the only ones to feel. Obviously, I grew up and it was my mum, my sister, and myself. But my mum would have people come into the house. Obviously, like my nan and granddad would come down from time to time. Friends like at the top of my stairs, it felt like there was someone behind you, Ugh. like like wanting to push you down the stairs. And no. I, it was weird. And I'm not even ju- like it's. It what, felt odd. Yeah, you felt like. Do you know like you're? What, did you physically feel something, or was it just like you know when you know someone's behind you, so you turn do you know around like and when you're walking there? down an alleyway and you feel like there's someone like watching behind you, or yeah, they're looking at yeah. you, and you just you. You can sense it, can't you? If someone's staring at the back of your head or whatever, you can almost... And it felt like that for a long period of time. And my dog used to stare up at the top of the stairs and, like, growl. That's and it was just, up, like, man. weird. And like, I didn't want to go upstairs, like, <laughs> during the night and stuff How like that. How old were you? So, was it been about 97... I'd have been like five to about eight. Oh, I'd have moved out. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I've got the five. Back of my bag. Finances <laughs> at five. Like, yeah. See you later. I'm See gone. you, mum. Yeah. <laughs> All those stocks you invested in the eighties paid off. <laughs> moving out, leaving the tent around the corner. But um, yeah, that's pretty spooky. But it's gone now. It's weird. But yeah, it, um, like everyone that sort of come round, they'd have that sort of feeling at the top. It is. Mm. I can't. Again, you can't explain it. I don't know mm. if it. It was a draft. And especially or, like uh, you always want to experience it again now. Now that you're like a fully a conscious, yeah. yeah, you're an adult. You you're, you can trust your instincts and senses mostly. <laughs> Swinging at shadows in the corridor. <laughs> 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 Fuck it! Get away from me! You got that. That was weird. And then um, downstairs there was um, we had a clock. Uh, so my living room's like forty feet. It's long. It's like the entire mm. sort of house. Um, and so on one side of the room, we had um, a clock and it had like a pendulum on it. Mm. But the latch was broke, so it just dropped down on the floor from time to time. Just so I'd wait for it to pick it back up. If you like, open the patio doors, there was a breeze, it would drop down. And then mm. one day, me, my mum, my sister were like watching TV and this thing has flown 25 feet like across the room and then like landed yeah. on the windowsill like just like zoomed across the room what the fuck no windows no patio doors open and like, yeah it's just like a bit freaky you know I think we've all just like we just all sort of accepted it but like you think about <laughs> it it's like it's 
like it would just go from like one inch to the left one inch to the right like so it's going two or three yeah. inches like that there's no you can't get the momentum to fly 25 feet across the room but yeah that's mad isn't it and yeah. you were there, like, you, you witnessed yeah, that. Yeah, I was sitting in the seat next to you like... saw it happen. ...the windowsill, it like flew past my head. Oh, they're coming after you. They're trying to... Yeah, maybe. Trying to, trying to get your target in you. Just the FBI trying to keep me down. <laughs> it's a Casper. But it's weird though, isn't it? Because like... I mean, my, my, my girlfriend was telling me a story about something her mum experienced with like a painting flying off the wall. Mm. It's kind of like, eh, maybe it's like a loose <clears throat> nail, maybe it just fell off. And I yeah. guess unless you really experience something like that firsthand and then you can't explain it yourself, mm. that's when you sort of start to think, well, what was that really? Well, it's, for, <laughs> like for me, so I, I'm the kind, well, I've not, that I know of, experienced or witnessed anything that's made me question like nothing i've never seen any like thing fly across the room or felt a presence or mm, anything like yeah. that the only thing i've had that really freaked me out was when i was a kid i had my there was like there was three of us me and two of my best mates josh and lewis and we were only like th two streets away from each other so we hung out like every single day yeah and they they by pure chance, they lived right next to each other. So their individual gardens, we kind of like the fences got blown down one time and the parents never put them up. So their singular gardens got turned into like one big one. It was great. Yeah. We were around there all the time. But one of, uh, it was Josh's mum. She had a friend who claimed to be like a medium or whatever they're really called. vibes. Yeah. There was this one time where we were... Um, crazy story, but we decided to set up a tent on their trampoline and then sleep Fine. in the tent on the trampoline. It was a terrible idea because we fucking woke up in the morning and the whole, we were like, you know what I mean? The, the, the trampoline had dipped down. So it was like, you were just like, just shoulder to shoulder. Each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrible idea. Do not recommend. But that night, um, before the trampoline, we um, she was round, and she said that on the back of the on the the wall at the end of the garden, she mm. could see like a little girl walking along the wall, and right. I fucking couldn't take it. I was like, I could never look at that wall ever again. It freaked me <laughs> out. I don't know how old I was. So I was probably like 15, 16. I just freaked me out for life. Other than that, I've not had anything ever. So yeah. Yeah. It's weird because like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a sceptic when it comes to this stuff. So yeah, I've only really got that, that one sort of incident to kind of go off. But even I don't, I don't look at that and think, yeah, it must have been a ghost. Like mm. it's got to have been a ghost. I would like love to experience more things that could maybe sort of prove to me that there is something out there. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not one of these people that's like, that's impossible. That's impossible. As it stands, I don't believe any of it. I think it's all like borderline kind of nonsense, yeah. but you know, um, cause this is like a, I watch these, these guys on, on YouTube, Shane and, and, and Ryan who do like the ghost files, like the watcher sort of YouTube channel. Mm. And they, they, they want to have like stuff happen to them so they can yeah. kind of like say, well, we've got something that we can't explain. So what yeah. is it? Let's have a discussion about it. You know, they want to experience it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just, 
if there's any ghosts out there listening to this podcast, hit me Give up. Us a sign. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those stories, guys. I hope yes. that the uh, the the people listening at home aren't too scared hiding under their covers listening to this mm. fucking god awful podcast talking about ghosts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shall we get anyway. back to the games? Should we talk about the games then? Let's let's talk about the games. So um, we kind of had this idea of discussing the mechanics and maybe even like the psychology behind horror games. Cause horror games I find really interesting. Like mm. um, they're so effective at, at, at scaring you. And I think we kind of know why, why that is. So, but I thought, I thought, you know, we could have a little chat about it. So Ben, you know, you, you were kind of smart enough to come up with this, this topic for us. So why don't you start us off with, with some stuff we can get into? Yeah. So like James, you just said, obviously the only real ways to consume horror is either to go to the movies and see a horror film or for gamers, if they're brave enough to play horror games. But I was always under the opinion or sorry, I always had the opinion that I thought that horror games were always scarier than horror films. So I've only really in the last few years started to go out of my comfort zone and watch horror films that I've not watched or, you know, some historic and legendary horror films that everyone's seen and must seen Mm. and I've watched them and yeah, they're freaky, but I guarantee if you were to sit some of those hardcore horror fans in front of a really scary horror game, headphones on, black room, Mm. they would shit themselves because... I feel like there's just a few, there's elements that games can bring to you as a player or a viewer, you know what I mean? That, that horror films just can't match. So I'll start with the first one that I feel like is probably over half of what it, over half of um, why I feel like games are scarier than horror films. The interactivity of it. Yeah. So like yeah. in a horror game, you are the active participant in that story and the choices that you make and the decisions will have a direct impact on maybe the outcome of the game or where your character is about to go. Like in a horror film, you may witness them choose to go into the attic when it's dark and they hear the noise and you're like, no, don't go up there. Why are you going up there? But in a game, you may be forced to go up there or it may be the only sort of possible route and you are doing it. You are pressing W or you are pressing forward and Mm. you need to go up there. Um, And I just feel like that's, because you are you aren't just a passive observer you are in control of your character's fate it just i don't know makes it more intense well, it's, it's, it's like the closest thing there is to actually living in that story yeah like being a part of that story it's the closest thing there is even more so than you know movies and and, and books especially as well hmm. nothing happens in the story unless you're controlling the character yeah, yeah. and there's that whole kind of, like, aside from that there's the whole just the level of like, I mean, now nowadays it's not uncommon for many people to when they're when they're watching a film just to be on their phone occasionally or like just chatting to someone they're with if they're watching at home. Um, you can kind of almost zone in and out of of, of a movie or a TV mm. series like at will. So if it gets to a scary bit, you can just look the other way. You can just go on yeah. your phone or whatever, and it's That's easy it. to to avoid. It's easy to hide hide from from that. But when you're in a game, the whole kind of like focus 
solely onto the screen in front of you, focusing purely on the world that you're in, like you will be, you will get scared. You will yeah. suffer of jump scares just be- because your attention is a hundred percent on that thing. It's like, that's it. do you remember that fucking video of that fucking car going through the valley? Yeah. And then you watch it and then that thing jumps out at you. Like that level of concentration is always there in a video game. Like that's you, it. You, it's impossible to play a video game and not be fully invested in what you're doing at that point, because you need to be looking at what you're doing. You need to be conscious of the controls that you've got mm-hmm. in your hands and figuring out puzzles or getting into like a an element that's being shown to you on, on the screen or whatever as part of the story for the game and, you know, unraveling the the plot or whatever it is, the puzzle, whatever it might be. Mm. So you just you just can't get away from it. And and no. that in itself is like the biggest sort of like weapon or mechanic that these games mm. have because they, they know they can just capture you. So it that's doesn't it. take much for you to get scared because you're 100% of your attention is going to be on that game regardless there's no there's no escape really i mean unless you are just not paying attention to the game of course you're not going to get scared the whole point of a horror game is to scare you and to draw you in and to keep your focus and like you said with puzzles maybe try and keep you engrossed in something so that when the jump scare or some scary event does happen you're at peak focus and uh it will catch you good yeah yeah. Um, I think as well with games, for instance, you've got the tension and suspense of a horror game. Obviously, if you're watching it in the cinema, you will have tension and suspense, but it's very much like it's it's part of the narrative. It's always going to be there. With a game and tying that in with the interactivity of it, you that you'll be... <laughs> that tension is for as long as you play. So if you are taking your time, that fear is going to gradually grow and that tension and suspense, if you like, mm. is g- going to increase and become more and more intense. Like if you're, um, obviously they have did the joke in like the scary movie, but if you're watching Scream and Ghostface is chasing after a girl, they'd be like, you're, you're sitting in the cinema going like, run bitch, get out of the way, what are you mm. doing there? And if, like I was playing um, Amnesia, um, and like your character movement is so fucking slow. So when you've got something following you, like you would be in a movie like move fucking and you're sitting yeah. there like trying to push the button even harder and stuff like that. It, yeah. The tension builds and then something jumps out of you and scares the mm. crap out of you. Whereas like you're saying, if you're in a cinema or you're at home, you're looking up going, yeah, run. Just like, what are you doing? But you mm. feel like you're in control of that character and you can't mm. get away. It just I makes think, things even scarier. Yeah. And, well, to, to to like sort of go slightly off topic, but um, I think another thing as well with with horror games that's quite interesting is the amount of like creativity and experimental storytelling that can go into a horror game that you just can't get in a movie, you mm. know, because it requires you to kind of solve puzzles and and you know sort of be maybe a little bit creative the way you figure out scenarios and like a uh, Alien Isolation is a really good mm. example of this where you're kind of in this. I say it's a reasonably open world sort of sandbox environment where there is something just stalking you and you can use whatever at your disposal to hide, to run, to fight in some scenarios. And um, it's like getting you to figure out sort of like uh, how to survive this moment. And that's completely different from being told the story from the perspective of the character like it is in, in the movies, for example, when you're more of like an observer rather than being a part of that 
Mm. And another game I was thinking of when I was thinking about this as well is, uh, the, you know, PT, the, the demo, the playable yeah. teaser, Kojima, the, the sort of Silent Hills type type thing. All that game is, is you walking around an endless corridor, like over and over and over mm. again. And every time you're sort of trying to figure out new elements of how to progress, new kind of like story and plot things come up, like whether it's delivered through something you've figured out in another room or like mm. a, a puzzle that you've, you've managed to, to solve. But like stories like that, that are told in that way, it's very difficult to make that work in a movie because yeah. something that can, that can end up feeling like quite repetitive and sort of like almost pointless in a way. Whereas in a game, because you're part of that process of actually solving the story and part of the, you know, the, the, the progression of that character through that space by means of controlling that character, obviously it's, it's way more sort of effective at actually delivering the type of narrative and more importantly for a horror game, the scares way more effective at doing that and i think that's uh, like a really interesting thing compared to films where you don't really get that level of creativity and experiment experimental sort of storytelling exactly because like you said if you if you if that was to be a film and you maybe missed it missed a certain moment for for 30 seconds which you wouldn't do if you're playing it because once again your focus is 100 percent on the game but yeah if, if pt was turned into like a short film or a film and you did yeah. by chance just miss i don't know 30 seconds of something that whole concept of PT just wouldn't make sense because mm. it's that repetition of noticing what's changed and, oh, that wasn't there before. And, mm. oh, th that that's changed or that's moved. And whereas... That's what I'm concerned, uh, not concerned about, but you've got the Five Nights at Freddy movie coming out mm. at the end oh, of the yeah, year. Yeah. And like that game is just your work in a shift and like these <laughs> things are getting closer and trying to kill you. And like... I don't know, understand how you obviously they've found a way to do it, but mm. it, I, it's never going to be as scary in the movie yeah. because you are sitting yeah. there and all of a sudden the light flicks on and then like the music's going off and you're getting a little bit tense and then you suddenly you look to the left and there's this big animatronic doll like stick <laughs> yeah. there. Like it's simple on paper, but it's terrifying. But that's the thing, isn't it? A game like Five Nights at Freddy's, it's all about like your actions. So if you, if you, do the correct actions you'll you'll succeed but mm. it's all about trial and error and the amount of times that you'll fail i've never played it it's a game that i'm definitely too scared to play but it's <laughs> if when every time you do fail you'll learn and improve and get better and fail less but it's the whole it's, it's the ordeal of going through the failure and being scared and realizing what you have to do and learning. And I don't know how they'll capture that in a film. I'm sure they'll probably do an excellent job, yeah. but, and it's strange, isn't it? Where the whole game's premise is that you're a security guard, literally observing the, mm. the, the, the restaurant. And then mm. it's, it's, it's like when you go to the cinema, you'll be observing an observer. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they'll do it. But yeah, strange. Yeah. I'm surprised actually more horror games haven't been d adapted into, into movies because I think like, I feel like horror is one of the most basic kind of stories you can tell. You know, it's quite mm. easy to get kind of a scare or a jump scare anyway out of most mm. most stories. But um, one thing I was also thinking about with this this topic as well is the way horror, horror elements, sorry, can be uh, woven into non-horror games maybe. Mm. and Ben you mentioned before that something about what remains of Edith Finch you find quite yeah. unsettling and I thought that was really interesting because I mean I'm not going to try and like explain it for you but my perception of that game is well, obviously it's not a horror game first and foremost it's like 
it's a really haunting story though about a girl and her family history and i guess there is some kind of horror in that in the sense that it's the ghosts of of loved ones and and memories that are like you know of, of family members that are no longer here and there's something quite scary about losing everyone that you you love and in that sense yeah okay like i guess there are some sort of scary elements to the game but I was wondering if you could like talk a little bit about Edith Finchman and your your kind of view of that game because it's quite an interesting take you've got on that one. Yeah, so I actually jumped on Eve, Edith Finch the other day as well because I was like, you've recommended it enough times now for me to take it. Like, I'm definitely going to complete this, and um, I didn't get that feeling as much this second time around. But I know for sure, and I still remember the first time I played that game, not knowing what the game was, I just saw that it was getting really good reviews around its release. And, um, it's like a, it's very slow paced and you, you like a detective who are, who's piecing together a story and you start in the, um, like in a forest and you're progressing towards this village. But as you're progressing forward, it's the game's absolutely gorgeous. Graphics are incredible. But as you're progressing through the woods, you just get this eerie sensation that someone's following you, even though the game doesn't give you any indication that there's there's someone behind you. There's no rustling behind you. There's no eerie sounds or anything. But it, I don't know. It's like maybe because of how well the game captures that wilderness and that wild yeah when you are traipsing through the woods i don't know you get this real surreal sense that there's something peering at you through the through the i don't know shrubbery and it really mm. did give me this like eerie hip because I, I i didn't know what the game was so as soon as i started to feel that sensation of being watched or followed in the game my mind was already made up that this is a horror game and <laughs> i'm not ready for the jump scare that's going to happen or yeah. i was i was very much expecting that the game was going to be a horror game and um and however old i was at the time i stopped playing it because i was actually too scared to play it yeah and that's quite interesting because like it's not a horror game at all yeah but it really does capture this sense of like loneliness and sort of like you know not having anyone to rely on or depend on and yeah. having the weight of like for, for this story in particular having the weight of this whole kind of family history now on your shoulders and the implications of all that and even in the in the game itself i mean not to spend too much time talking about edith finch even though it is a fantastic game but in the game mm. itself like some of the ways you in which you discover the fates of the members of the Finch family and the way that they kind of died is mm. like some of the stories are horrifying. Like some of the shit that happened to some of these family members is awful. Mm. And yeah. I guess there's that whole, there, there is a sense of the horror there. And, you know, I think it's quite interesting when games can use those elements to well, tell their story in a non sort of like horror environment, but to yeah. use those elements to sort of enhance the narrative. I think it's really interesting. And I think as well, like I mentioned about the graphics, but I feel like I've got a point that I made here, like the combination of realistic graphics and immersive sound design in modern horror games can be incredibly effective in building fear. And I feel like a game like Edith Finch hits that head on because if you consider it's going to be me, it's that sort of, I don't know, a meter away from my screen with headphones on very much immersed in this game that the, the, the realistic graphics and the, the incredible sound design quite literally has transported me there. Like what we said towards the beginning about the interactivity, mm. we're not just a passive observer. I am yeah. actually 
in this forest. That's what it feels yeah. like to my mind in that moment. I mm. am fully immersed. So if I start to get the feeling that someone's following me, I am feeling that in my person because I yeah. am the active person. I am the player. I am yeah, yeah, not just watching yeah. it. I am doing it. There's loads of games that I feel like, like um, at the beginning of Death Stranding before you've got any weapons, if you're mm. traversing the landscape and all of a sudden it starts raining and uh, your scanner starts beeping, you're petrified because you yeah. can't see where the enemy's coming from. You see yeah, footsteps really on the ground. Reference yeah. Christ. I remember then, being so scared the first time oh, I encountered mate. those, those yeah. BTs they're called, aren't they? I remember the first yeah. time I had an encounter with those. Honestly, terrifying. And BB starts screaming and you've got yeah. to like hold it's your breath. It's distressing, isn't it's, it? You're, not, you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. And then similar, um, I, I replayed The Last of Us 2 recently and it's the first time I'd played it with headphones on. Because mm. um, at the moment I'm working nights, so I didn't want to wake anyone up during the evening. So I'd put my headphones on and play through my PlayStation. And like clickers and you're in a dark building you've got yeah very little ammo and you're trying to preserve that ammo and you just hear that a clicker in the distance mm. it's petrifying because you're like i've got to find a way to kill this thing i've got four bullets for this gun i've got a bottle mm. is there well, a path that i can get through or that's the thing like with the limited resources that some games use as their like survival horror thing that whole element like in, I think it makes you feel more vulnerable when you have yeah. like limited like supplies. You haven't just got fucking Tommy gun with a hundred bullets in it. You can <laughs> mow everyone down. If you're scrimping and saving, you're vulnerable. So, you know, if you got in a fight with that, with that clicker and it doesn't go well, that could be game over for you and you'll be going back half an hour to your previous yeah. checkpoint. So the fear of, of, like failure and dying as well as the fear of the clicker itself because they're fucking imagine if clickers were real it'd be <laughs> horrendous but <laughs> the fact that you're yeah f fearful of of conflict and confrontation because of your limited resources i feel like survival horror games are really uh, i really enjoy a survival horror game actually yeah. Yeah, I do. Just so, ups, ups the ante a little bit, doesn't it? Because yeah. it, it puts you in a position where you, you're you're not equipped to fight. And that, no. that's the, that. I always think that with um with horror games, and maybe this is why I quite like horror films as well. But when the protagonist is able to fight back at whatever is mm. the the main sort of villain or antagonist of the story, especially in games as well, that changes it. Then it's it's mm, no yeah. longer scary when you're kind of facing up. So when it puts you in a situation like, obviously you reference Death Stranding, Connor, when you know how to fight the BTs later on in the game, yeah. they yeah. no longer mean anything no. to you. Like, I actively engage them. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll fight them. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I loved it when Death Stranded, when the game gives you the assault rifle and you're like, holy... And you're like hours and hours into the game and you yeah, think yeah, you've yeah. got everything the game's got to offer. And then the game gives you an assault rifle and you can literally mow these things down. He's like, why was I ever scared of these things? But it's an, I love Death Stranded. I love to, that journey. Yeah, the right to do you have it. to it's get like, there. Yeah, yeah. One thing I've always thought is, um, we spoke about Dead Rising the other day, Ben. Like just mm. randomly, and like I really like the swarm sort of technology. But obviously, mm. in that game, you can just go and get a lawnmower and mow down a thousand zombies like it's nothing. Mm. But then you think up years later, you play Days Gone and you come across yeah. a horde and you've got low ammo. You maybe your bike's out of petrol or whatever. It's terrifying because yeah. you're sitting there trying to fight off this horde that. These hundreds and thousands of zombies running at you. And it's 
there's a real sort of there's two ends to that hold, isn't there? Because sometimes when you'll be playing that game, you'll be extremely well equipped, and you'll be like, "Fuck yeah, there's yeah. a horde! I'm gonna mow these mofos down. <laughs> it's gonna be great." And then it's the real opposite of like, "Oh no, there's a horde! I'm scrimping and saving." I remember the playing, and I, the game takes you to this place, and you have to go and collect something from somewhere, and then the horde. I think I think it was completely like natural, unscripted, but probably wasn't. Mm. Who knows? But a, a horde turns up, and it couldn't have been worse timing. I was not ready for it. It was like as soon as they catch, caught wind of me, I had to bolt. But um, but I was in what you were saying, James, as well about like a game where you can fight back, or or you like the movies where you can fight back, and it changes the dynamic of it being a horror. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I love dead space so much because i feel like dead space does an excellent job of it's a really scary game with horrific enemies and lots of jump scares and very atmospheric but the game gives you the ability to fight back so it's got a real good balance of like the things that scare the shit out of you and made you jump you can go ahead and fucking blow its limbs off (laughs) and stamp on it until you get some loot from it but i love i love that dynamic of like it's like what the Resident Evil's done so well for so many years. It's like you're very yeah. scared by the things, but you have the ability to fight back. Yeah. So there's so many, there's so many different types of horror games. I just love it. I just think it's such a good yeah. dynamic. I have, to, I have to admit that horror games generally is is like a bit of a hole in my gaming catalogue. You know, I've never really played many horror games i mean i've been trying to play outlast since it fucking came out i've never managed to get through it that game terrifies me yeah and but then there's there are so many great games out there that people say you know these games are incredible like you have to play them you have to kind of experience mm. the, the story and the atmosphere and things like that but i just can't bring myself to do it man and yeah. everything we've talked about is why like this interactivity this level of interactivity just i mean i'm all right with films like horror films yeah fine i, I watch loads of horror films to be fair but when it comes to games, I just can't do it. It's just do, a, a new layer of fear when it comes to horror it's, games. Yeah. It's the perfect medium for horror because obviously we all play on PC, but obviously you're playing on a screen, whereas if you go to a cinema, it's naturally dark in there anyway. But if you're watching at home, but when you're trying to like you try and play a horror game during the summer, you have to close the windows, otherwise you've got glare on the screen. Yeah. So you're naturally sort of drawn towards a dark room headphones on yeah and you're yeah. sitting there like two inches away from the screen mm. you're gonna jump out of your skin but like mm. james said earlier like if you're just watching a film and like i don't know michael myers has popped up yeah whatever like mm. I'm, I'm on instagram or whatever it is and it's, it's like what you're saying there is like that isolation you have to isolate yourself yeah. from the world and then when a game isolates you because there's so many horror games out there where you are maybe just the solo character in that story and your any help that you get from other people in the game world is i don't know very limited or they're just quest givers or they're merchants like like resident (laughs) evil and stuff like that but it goes well together you're playing this game on your own isolated you and your character are sort of experiencing a similar i don't know terrible situation and Mm. uh you feel one and the same and you don't get yeah. that in the cinema. In the cinema, you'll have lots of other characters and you won't really get invested. Well, I can't say for every horror film, obviously, but you and the main character, you don't really share a bond like you and the main character of a game might, for instance. Mm, yeah. 
That's, yeah. in, that's a, a quite a, a, an interesting point because I, I think some of the most effective horror films I've seen are when they've been very sort of like nailed down onto the character perspective. Mm. Um, I think of a movie like The Babadook, for example, or like Midsummer, or like Hereditary, where these are movies that are very much from the perspective of like this person and the way they perceive mm. what's happening to them. So you can really get into sort of almost like their psychology in, in the same way as in a horror film, a uh, horror game, sorry, you're playing as that person. So you're in there as that person. I think movies like that are really effective at kind of delivering better, better horror than, than, than mm. others. Because like ghosts, ghosts and stuff, for example, in spirits and shit and like, you know, like the conjuring or like fucking insidious or whatever, or like the others, like those movies don't really scare me at all, to be honest. Slasher films, I actually quite enjoy in a weird way. Cause I just mm. like the, um, sort of, cheesiness of, of a slasher mm. movie but yeah these m- movies like midsummer for example are really good at sort of like isolating you as an audience member and getting you into the mindset of this character much the same as a video game does so yeah. i think there are there are movies that have m- way more effective i think at delivering horror across the genre and the subgenre of horror than others isn't it interesting that like midsummer i've not seen it but i've heard it's one of the scariest horror films out it's there. Just, yeah, it's it's really unsettling to be yeah. honest. Like, I, I actually wouldn't really say it was scary. I'd say it's just very, very unsettling. Oh, but isn't it interesting that it sort of maybe follows similar tropes that you'd find in a game? That yeah, sort well, of- exactly. That's that's the thing. It's it's drilled down into like a single single perspective from a single character, much like you would do in like a classic survival horror game mm. and yeah it's all being told from that perspective you're kind of blind to other things that are going on outside of that character sort of viewpoint and yeah i guess there's similarities in that in that aspect and yeah for me personally that makes those kind of horror movies really effective the one i mm. think of the most is the blair witch project because that's a great whole, movie honestly that yeah, is such a good fantastic I've seen that. what it's you do so is good the, the, the whole premise of that movie is you thought it was found footage this was the first one to do it before like yeah uh, and all the paranormal activity and yeah. stuff and um so everything's you think it, everything's from this perspective obviously every film is a camera but it's it looks like an old well, digital te- in 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 the in the world of that film the camera is invisible but in the Blair yeah. Witch project the camera is a character it's yeah. you you're in yeah. there as the sort of seeing it from this perspective which is like with games, it just adds us so much of a different level of, of kind of like horror on top of what the, the film already is trying to do. And I think that's mm. what works so well because the camera is your, your, the camera is your eyes. Like, mm. so you're walking through it and that's what I think Outlast does so well. When, I was again, to bring that up. You've got the camera and like the batteries are running out and you're sitting there going, and you can't, like you'll be watching a film and you're just like, I'll just punch him in the face and it's the same in Outlast where it's like you see one somebody come towards you oh hit it but you can't the game completely takes that away from you yeah. you're there as a yeah. pacifist and it's petrifying and it's like I remember playing the Outlast 2 demo I never bought the game and like you're running <laughs> through the cornfields trying to escape and it's because you can't fight back it's terrifying yeah, yeah. whereas like but- I can play Resident Evil 2 because I get a shotgun at some point and just Blast them back. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? That uh, when games do take the ability to fight away from you, because if you think about it in real life, like if we were to go to that Outlast Asylum, I'm not going to be fisty cuffing any of those fucking freaks. <laughs> no. 
I will lose. So the, the game is very realistic in that regard where I'm yeah. not going to be fighting Because he's just a reporter, the, the yeah. guy you play as. He's, like, not, he's not going to go in there and start swinging, is he? He's not going to no. survive. Like his, his thing is like, oh shit, I better fucking hide because I'm going to yeah. die otherwise, which what is what any do? normal person would do. Exactly. So it really captures that whole realistic... Yeah. They're the ones that terrify me the most because like I can play other games and like and just shoot my way through it. It's like mm-hmm. I was playing the uh, Amnesia the Bunker and you get a pistol in the game. Is You're in a, a bunker in World War One, but you've got two or three rounds. Yeah. So you're sitting there thinking, I can shoot back, but I'm not going to waste those bullets. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to just... Yeah. There's a moment, there's a time and a place for it. Mm. Mm. Interesting. But, yeah. I think that's what I, Outlast is the one that I, stands out the most in that sort of aspect. And like games like Five Nights at Freddy's, because there's no combat. You're sitting there, mm. you're just waiting for something to jump out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what else surprised me when it came to scaring me more than I thought? And you two, I'm sure, will agree. That was surprising. The forest. Was yeah. it the forest? Yeah. Those fucking monkey freaks. The Sons of the Forest. Forest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, do you remember we did that short video of me screaming because I was (laughs) so, I couldn't believe the noise that the game had done. It was. (laughs) It was like a horse screech just from out of nowhere, wasn't it? But it's so loud. I remember it as well, like really loud in your headphones. Yeah, right behind you kind of sound. But You turn around, nothing's there. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, an amazing sense of like atmosphere. You're you're in the middle of this forest, and there are actual mm. real threats. And and uh, it did a great job of setting me. I wouldn't have jumped like that unless I was fully set up for it. Set up for it, yeah. So yeah. everything from like the sound design to and that's a game where we had like actual support. We were playing co-op. We were all together mm. in a group, very close proximity at that time as well. Mm, and yeah. um, the game still managed to. To make us jump and make me jump, especially crap out of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna. I'm, I I want to make a conscious effort to play more horror games. I yeah, think, I do. I feel like I'm mm. really missing out on on like a whole kind of genre and experience here, especially like some people get really addicted to being frightened and to being jump scared, which I completely yeah. understand because there is a, a thrill behind it. You know, you go watch a scary movie, play a scary game, you get scared, and it's like, you know, for, for in terms of immersion, I don't think there are many games that do it better than, than horror games. Yeah. You, know, you, you completely buy into it. And that's that level of, 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 uh, of, you know, interactivity and immersion and sort of, you know, creative storytelling in, in horror games is, is I think it's too kind of interesting and, and sort of like to, to miss out on. So I think I'm going to really make an effort and try and play more horror games. I think. Yeah. Cause I remember when I was a kid, I was I never played the fear games mm, because yeah. I was like too young but I remember mm. the first time I gave them a go this is a t- this is taken away not talking so much about the horror aspect but the fear I remember the first fear game for a first person shooter was like added well it had like game mechanics in that no other first person shooter was adding so even though yeah it was a horror game and it was scary but the whole game itself was actually like an amazing first person shooter regardless of the fact that it was horror and Mm. um yeah but i only thought of that because of what you said about exposing yourself because there's some real excellent games out there 
It is yeah. an addictive feeling because when I we did a test Halloween episode last year, um, I played Amnesia. That was the game I, I picked. And it was weirdly exhilarating because like, you're playing as this character who's slowly descended into madness and like uh, it's a psychological horror and you're you're losing your mind and things are freaking you out. You're seeing things in the corner and... Yeah. Like, and like usually those sort of games, I'm not interested, but you, yeah. you jump or something will pop out and it's... Whereas I th- before I would just turn the game off, but there was a part of me, and I still think about that game all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I should play that again. I think I know what I like. I like, I like, I don't mind being jump scared. I don't mind, um, I don't know, scary things, gore, blood, like guts, gore whatever. Stuff, yeah. yeah. But if it's like psychological shit, like there's a ghost in the corner and you don't know if you saw it and yeah, I'm not good yeah, with like that. a psychological thriller. Yeah. No, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Well, if, if uh, any of you guys listening, if you've got any good recommendations for us to play, you know, we've got three fucking shit scared little scaredy cats here who would like to play more horror games. Don't quite know where to start. So throw them in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on Discord, then you can, there'll be a link in the bio uh, description of this episode. You can join our, you can join our Discord and, and, and send us a message there. Give us some recommendations because love to play more horror games, basically. And mm. I don't know where to start. I don't, I don't want to be too Simon. scared. I don't want to be too, you know, so much scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah meant to be quite good. I've heard Soma's... good things about it, but again, yeah. I'm petrified. <laughs> if you well, you like amnesia, and it's made by the same people, so it's it's really good, but it's fucking scary. Check I never, I, I got to the very end, but I didn't do the final thing, and uh, I don't know, I don't know why. But I looked it up because I was like, I was on the final mission, mm. and uh, I think I, I actually think I was too scared to finish it, so I looked it up. And I was literally like half an hour from finishing the game. And it was a really good ending, but I was too scared. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that co-op one, I saw the, that, was it Demonologist or something where you go oh, around? Oh yeah, it was like Phasmophobia, but like with actually decent graphics and gameplay, yeah. it looks like. That Phasmophobia was quite fun, actually. Like that that mm. that was a, an experience. Yeah. Well, as a fun sort of outro topic, sort of bit on the end of this this uh, this episode, we thought we'd have a chat about some of the most iconic and some of our favourite depictions of monsters and villas in in horror video games. Mm. Um, I quite like how zombies are done in Left 4 Dead. I love Left 4 Dead. I think Left 4 Dead is a yeah. fantastic game, and it's not really a horror game, but I just love how no. they're depicted in that. I love the 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 different sort of types of zombies you can get, and yeah. and like the horde and everything running towards. I think it's a cool game. And then as well, like on top of that, they did an excellent job with all the the graphics of them. And when you've got yeah. like explosive rounds and you're actually like shredding the flesh off of them. And this mm. was a game that came out years ago, years and years and years ago. And for yeah. instance, like the new Dead Space remake was advertising that they had some real next gen level body physics and stuff. But Left 4 Dead was doing it fucking so long ago so uh but yeah. right that they took like the zombie trope and they changed it up it wasn't just because mm. obviously <laughs> you have slow zombies or like is it 28 days later where they're absolutely rapid and that's terrifying yeah, World War Z. oh yeah and it's oh, that's terrifying but like having certain zombies that have mutated differently i thought it was mm. really cool from um left dead yeah and again i think like dying light i think the zombies are especially like the volatiles at night where it, it, you can go out yeah, and get... I completely get, forgot about that. Uh, you can get more XP, you can level up quicker and better loot and stuff at night, but you have to deal with these yeah. juiced up zombies. It's I, I enjoy it's, it's that. It's a really a interesting like 
mechanic in the game, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, it's, it adds a whole different element to the game. Whereas in the day, you're pretty comfortable going out and fighting zombies and, you, yeah. you know, you can deal with them reasonably well. But then at night, there's these volatiles that come out and they're just a different fucking breed of zombie and they're fast, they're strong and they'll hunt yeah. you and you got to run because you can't fight them. Because like the first time that you you come across them, you're so naive because you're like, oh, all these other zombies are super easy. These ones yeah. ain't going to be that bad. And then you yeah. experience they're fucking brutal and you're like, oh, okay, we need to hide now. And it's pitch black and you're vaulting across the rooftop. Yeah, yeah really good. Trying to get to a safe house. Oh, yeah. Let's get under those UV lights as quickly as you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any other any other monsters from any other games Ooh. that you quite like? So, so you mentioned Dead Space earlier, didn't you, Ben? Like Dead Space got some yeah. pretty interesting, gruesome beasts. And- so, so I'll talk about Dead Space and I'll talk about one that fucking terrified me really okay. good. <laughs> so um, Dead Space is great. And the necromorphs are like, they're so iconic now that because mm. obviously Dead Space has been around for years, but they're so iconic in their appearance and how they are, I don't know, this like mindless zombie, but they're almost like bordering that, sort of animal i don't know it's just like they're a whole new thing um excellently done and they they did a, a, such a good job of like tying in so in the game for instance you've got this like telekinesis gun and you can then rip off limbs of these enemies and telekinesis kill them with their own limb it's like absolutely brutal but it's amazing what they've done with dead space so mm. the necromorphs are like legendary um but if either of you have played prey the yeah, new the, one. Yeah. The, the Typhons. New one, sorry. Typhons, yeah. So like the yeah. mimics. The mimics were an amazing idea and that had you doubting yourself the entire game. <laughs> you'd be going into a room, you'd hear the little like clickety clicky sound that they make and you know there's a mimic there somewhere and yeah. they'll jump at you. Excellent, really well done. And then also in Prey, the Nightmare Oh my god! The first yeah. time that I saw the nightmare and that the big, sound, that big, big, fucking dark, misty yeah, thing, that kind huge of, one. Yeah. But the the sound effects of it, it's like ear splitting audio. It's mm. just like disgusting on your ears, but it's amazing because it's so, like, um, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It's like overwhelming your senses with just how big and scary and loud it is. Mm. So I think that that goes down as like a legendary monster. And Prey, Prey's a really kind of like difficult game as well. You've got to be really mm. smart in that game. Like there's there's so many um, kind of, you know, moments where you come across enemies and stuff, but you've got to be really clever with how you engage with these enemies. Yeah. And, and like you say, mm. with the mimics, like I completely forgot about the mimics. I... I Loved it when I'd go into the room and hear something in there and I'd be like, oh mm. shit, I, I know there's something here. It could be that toilet roll on the floor. It could be that yeah. fucking bin in the corner. <laughs> and uh, yeah, jump scaring coming. But mm. yeah, great game. Really, Had really good. That's, that's that's quite, um, quite a good shout actually. The, mm. the enemies in Prey are yeah. a really interesting yeah. one. Good. I had... Um, Oh god. Woman Lisa and I think her name's Lisa. It's like or she got dubbed the name Lisa in PT and she's staring down at you uh, you go around the corner and she's like yeah, yeah, on the top level and she's staring at our balcony. Freaked me right out. <laughs> no and thanks. I really like vampires, like um in games. Obviously it's not um a horror game, uh, but like in The Witcher Three in the Blood and Wine expansion, you come across like higher vampires and they're mm. they're like humans, they're mm. higher they're intelligent 
stuff like that. But they're the ultimate killing machines. Like mm. that's always fascinated me about them because they're it's not just a mindless zombie. They are people that can just infiltrate, and you think. Uh, like obviously go out and eat and you think they're just a regular person whereas they're yeah actually they can like decimate every single person mm. yeah. yeah interesting I don't think I, I don't f- think I don't think we see enough of like vampires and werewolves are something we don't really see much of in yeah. video games like I can't recall a video game that's got a werewolf in it from the top of my head but apart from something like like the witcher blood, with something uh, like yeah you've got, and bloodborne there's like a uh, a bigger version of werewolf uh, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, yeah. there's, there's been so, so many games that have been zombies. like featured zombies, like yeah. Call of Duty, Left for Dead, and stuff like mm-hmm. the Last of Us. But yeah, for some reason, like vampires. I mean, I know we had Red that Fall. game Redfall, <laughs> year, which we won't really talk about. Uh, but yeah, werewolves as well. Like they're just missing from from video yeah. games at the moment, and it's quite interesting. I don't know if it's, it's a if, cool concept. Yeah, it's mm. a really interesting concept. You know, like I don't know if maybe someone somewhere could develop like a single player game where you I play as aliens. a werewolf aliens as well obviously you know. they're in like first person shooters like um but there was that game come out oh some green something um and it was about uh the, the alien one yeah i can't remember the name of it but um, the green hill incident or something like that was that it. was it yeah but in horror games there's not too much about aliens obviously you have like dead space and it's on a ship and they're technically like alien species. But I mean like UFOs landing and like abducting people and yeah. stuff like that. Like destroy all mm. humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic game. Yeah. There's right. a really interesting game that came out. Um, it's like an independent dev. It's called Voices of the Void talking about aliens. It's mm. made in the Unreal Engine. It's really interesting. Um, it's made in the Unreal Engine, but it's designed to look exactly like the Source Engine to the game that's done Half-Life and yeah. Counter-Strike, Portal, you name it. So it's got all the same sound effects. It's got the very, very similar art style, but it's made in the Unreal Engine. Mm. But you're basically in this like space um, satellite facility looking onto the stars and like analyzing comets and meteors and stuff but it's it's super eerie and it's 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 got this incredible amount of detail when you're like scanning the planets and all these computers and all these different systems and it's like a very big learning curve but i was watching this streamer play it and like obviously the more you progress the more you'll start to get these weird encrypted messages and so on and so on and so on. And it's uh, it's meant to be really good. So I have to check that yeah, out. That's quite interesting. Yeah. I have to check that out. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, anyone anyone want to give any monsters a shout out before we wrap up? Um, I was going to say the skulls from Phantom Pain. They're pretty damn cool. The mm. um, I like the way they spawn their guns from their hands and stuff. And the monsters from Half Life Two, like the head cramps yeah. and stuff, they're Good pretty show. iconic. Yeah. Um, Good chill. I don't know. I like the BTs from Death Stranding. I thought we'd pull that out. Mm, and I yeah, think that's the, really imaginative. That game and those those BTs are really creative as well and imaginative too. Yeah, yeah. and I enjoyed the uh, old fucking is it the Rat King in Last of Us Two? That mm. thing's fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> 
Well, I think that seems like a good place to wrap it up. Uh, mm. I hope you all enjoyed this horror-themed episode. I hope our spooky stories didn't scare you too much. <laughs> um, if you want to check out more stuff from us, then check out the link in the description of this uh, episode or this video if you're watching on YouTube. And you can find everything on there, social media, Discord, all the rest of it. Come over to the Discord, say hello. We love having people on there. We love engaging with the community and the listeners. And uh, yeah, it's a good place to hang out. So uh, hopefully see you there. But until next time, that's all from us. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.